0: You're listening to the podcast version of Unnecessary Roughness from LVSportsNetwork.com, brought to you by Porter Subs.
1: If that comes to fruition, obviously I'll be incredibly excited about him being somebody that's in Raider Nation and has a vested interest in us doing as well as we can do and trying to, to bring a championship football team here to Vegas. And so obviously he had a great history with the player and an even better one with the person. So it would obviously be a tremendous honor to partner up with him again.
2: You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio.
0: Right there you heard Raiders head coach Josh McDaniels talking about Tom Brady and the potential of him joining the organization as a partial owner. And it looks like that those efforts are still continuing on. We saw him on Saturday come out of the tunnel in the locker room with Mark Davis and the Raiders and shouted out Jimmy G to to go give him a bad day. Let's put it like that when he was talking about the Dallas Cowboys. And why is that significant? Well, because our next guest, Greg Harden, who has the book out right now, Stay Sane. In an Insane World, How to Control the Controllables and Thrive, joins us now, and the foreword of the book is by one Tom Brady. So that's how we tie it all together. And, Greg, thanks so much for your time this afternoon. I'm really excited to talk to you about this book. And just looking at the title and reading what some very notable people have to say about you, why did you find it necessary to have to write this book?
3: Well, just think about what was going on in the last few years, my, my friend. Think about what was going on in the pandemic. Mm -hmm. When people couldn't go out of their house and go to their job, didn't know who they were (laughs) when they had to figure it out real quick. That helped me and gave me an opportunity to write my behind off. I wrote as hard as I could trying to get in front of what people are going to be dealing with. At the same time, there was a tad bit of unrest, civil unrest, uh, as we were looking at what was going on across the world. But this was the perfect time to make something happen.
0: I love the fact, as I'm reading this book and checking it out, and, and we received it at the radio station today, and we definitely appreciate you for it. Uh, Stop being afraid of being afraid. Control the controllables. Commit, improve, and maintain. Become the world's greatest expert on yourself. Practice self-love and self-acceptance. Those words right there, Greg, are so powerful and mean so much. Just in that context alone, I mean, how much feedback have you received from from many different people just just on the, on the book and, and, and the teachings that they've learned from you?
3: And it's amazing, and I'm humbled by all the attention that the book has gotten. I am thrilled and overwhelmed and grateful to Tom Brady for writing the forward and the feedback that I've gotten. I mean, I was not expecting anything like this. The people are so excited. People get excited about the title. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes. (laughs) I'm that guy. (laughs) The the title just Sets it up for you to say, I don't know what's in the book, but I need to look at it. Because when we're talking about having staying sane in an insane world as your mission statement, that's a mission statement. That's a, that, who are you? What's your purpose? My purpose is to stay sane in this insane, outrageous, chaotic <laughs> cluster we <laughs> yes. call the world.
0: Yes, it absolutely is all that that you just described. Again, Greg Harden is our guest here on Radio Nation Radio 920. So when you have a forward written by Tom Brady, the seven-time Super Bowl champion, you know everyone uh, associates Tom Brady with greatness. What did that mean for you?
3: Man, it meant the, it meant the world to me because you got to understand my relationship with Tom is is kind of unique. Mm-hmm. Y'all know Tom Brady. That guy, <laughs> I know a 19-year-old kid who was struggling mightily to find himself, to commit himself to being the absolute best that he could be. And he had was so frustrated when I met him and so anxious. And all I suggested to him is like, you can't worry about what anybody else thinks, my brother. All that matters is what do you think. And you talk about a guy who captured it. I looked at a nineteen year old Tom Brady, and I said, You've got to decide with or without football, Pause. your life is going to be amazing <laughs> right 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 <laughs> and now and then I asked him, what am I saying tom this little ki- this kid is like a Rhodes scholar he says, Well, sounds like to me you're telling me that uh, mm, I've got to decide that i more than a football player." Right. You're, you're telling me that that football is what I do, not who I am. Yes. Matt, what 19-year-old figures it out that fast? None. None. And he, said, <laughs> he he understood exactly where I was trying to take him. Right. That you've got if you turn this into a game, and you understand that this your self worth and self esteem is not on the line, that you can use football. And you can have fun using football and creating a statement about who you are and who you want to become.
0: You know, and I feel like that we all could do that in our everyday walk of life, regardless if we play football, if we're on the radio, if we work here, there, and the other. Whatever the case may be, we can use whatever we're doing as an avenue to becoming someone great or, you know, something great in our life. And it's not necessarily that's who we are, but that's what we do.
3: Well, Q Dog, I heard that you was just a regular schmo hanging out in a barber shop talking smack about the black and the silver and black. <laughs> and the next <laughs> thing you know, it's you that guy. <laughs> <laughs> you heard correctly. <laughs> you Talked heard correctly. About... I mean, and what you did was transform yourself into being yourself. Right. You figured out how to make money being Q Dog. Right. Yeah, no,
0: you're <laughs> absolutely spot on. Spot is like we've been hanging out forever. <laughs> it's
3: like, you Bro, know. It's what I, it, it, as your boy would say, it's what I do. <laughs>
0: right, no doubt, no doubt. Greg Harden is our guest here on Radio Nation Radio 920. So so take me back. How, where did all this come from? How did you discover this?
3: Well, or God has it? a sense of humor. God is has a great sense of humor. And as a matter of fact, I was going to be in radio, television, and film. And God says, oh, that's a nice idea. This is what I want you to do. (laughs) Right, right. I want you to help people. I want you to be someone that creates programs. I want you to be a healer, a helper. I want you to help transform people and and, and help them change and reach their highest potential. And how did that happen? I had a mentor. I had a guy that believed in me more than I believed in myself and I humbled myself enough to be coachable.
0: I love it. I love it. And that's that's again that's great that's great words to hear for anybody, not just an athlete, not just a radio guy, but for anybody. I, I really could appreciate it. That's why I was excited. The minute I got your book, I promise you, uh, when I opened up the show today, I, I talked about how excited I was to talk to you uh, coming oh. up just to talk about this book because I'm just looking at some of the chapters. Dare to be different. Greg, a lot of people don't want to be different. They just want to kind of fit in, and daring to be different is not easy to do, but it, if you can do it, you can do it.
3: Do you understand that it is more fun than bubblegum to not be like everybody else? Yes, I do. Why would you want to be like everybody else? You know, this the beauty of this book is it, it's not about Tom Brady. It's not mm-hmm. about Desmond Howard, Michael Phelps, uh, uh, <laughs> Charles Whitson. It's about you. It's about regular folk. There are stories in this book about regular folk whose names you'll never know who will give you unbelievable testimony about what it means to transform yourself, to change yourself, to stop thinking a certain way, to stop negative self-talk, to build yourself up instead of tear yourself down. It's an unbelievable opportunity for anyone who wants to take their game to the next level, even if the game we're talking about is being a better friend, a better parent, a better employer, a better significant other. What do you want to do? Where do you want to go? There's so many levels left, and it's not always about money, power, (laughs) and respect, (laughs) because you're famous. It's about being someone who loves themselves undeniably, unquestionably, who accepts themselves, flaws, and all.
0: I love chapter 17, get out of your own way.
3: (laughs) You have to be deliberate and intentional. Yes. You have to decide that you're tired of being the problem. Let me make it real easy for you. The enemy within must not be the one that defeats you. It can't be in your it can't be the enemy within. You've got to conquer the greatest competition of your life, Q, is right. in between your ears.
0: Yeah. <laughs> That's
3: true. There is no greater contest. There is no greater contest.
0: Right. No, you're right about that. It's funny when we're over at the Raider facility, you know, we'll talk to Max Crosby and he says that all the time that, you know, when he wakes up in the morning and goes to work out, it's, it's, he doesn't want to all the time, but when he looks in the mirror, he knows that the competition he's in is with himself. And so he's going to push himself to be great. And you see it reflecting on the field and you've seen it reflecting in his life off the field. And uh, it's just, that's the harsh reality is that your, your biggest, competitor is should be you and and if you could defeat you get out of your own way like you said in chapter 17 then you have the best opportunity to survive and really make it
3: and if you train yourself to be the world's greatest expert on you Mm -hmm. who should know you better than you and that's not what they teach us they teach us about knowing everything about everybody else and trying to control everybody no control yourself begin so let's look at it simple you see uh, a chapter talking about a hundred percent challenge.
0: Yes. Yes. Yep.
3: <laughs> Look, all it's are saying is train yourself to have a default mode, a, a mindset where you give a hundred percent, a hundred percent of the time at everything you do, win, lose, or draw. Now everybody hears it when I say win, but right. they miss it. When I say lose or draw, you want to be that person that is so driven. That mm-hmm. not only do you hate to lose, when you lose, you want your opponent saying, I never want to see that fool again. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. I, him again, I <laughs> want him on my team. Right.
0: I talk, I talk about hating to lose up, all the time. All the time. Yeah. Like, I, I hate to lose more than I like to win, right? And that's, that's just reality. Yeah. That's who I am. Mm-hmm. I promise you.
3: Yeah. And you want to be so driven, that even when you lose, everybody takes their hat off and says, well done.
0: Right, exactly. That 100% challenge, by the way, is Chapter 11. For anyone who's got the book or is preparing to get the book, that's what you'll be able to check out in Chapter 11, the 100% challenge. I wanted to read this to you, and I know you know what it says already, but again, on the back of the book, if Greg Harden wasn't at the University of Michigan, I don't win the Heisman. That's from Desmond Howard. Those are such powerful words because we remember how great Desmond Howard was on the field there at Michigan. What are your thoughts on Desmond?
3: Oh, man, Desmond, that's my guy. Desmond, Desmond I mean, why would Tom Brady come see me? Desmond Howard. You've got to understand that Desmond was a guy that was so sophisticated at a tender young age. He walks into my office and says, look, I've been watching you. What? He studied me for a year before he would even talk to me. Wow! He looks at me and says, "I see your personality is and and how you cre- create energy and how you get you pull everybody in. You know, is it on purpose that you sometimes you seem like a scholar and you've got all the data and the research, then you seem like a preacher. You've got the passion and the fire, and then you seem like a dang comedian. Is that on purpose, sir?" I said, "What?" I say, "What's your name again?" He said, I'm Desmond Howell. I said, Desmond, what do you say? He said, I I see what you do, and I want to do it. This is what I want to do when I get older. That's how he approached me, Q. Right. What what 19-year-old is going to approach you like that? He says to me, tell me what works. He said, I ain't like the rest of these cats. I'm different. Mm -hmm. He says, if you tell me it burns, I ain't got to touch it. Right. If you tell me this doesn't work, I'm not gonna do it. Tell me what you have seen and what you have uh, learned, and I want to pick your brain and get everything that you've got. I said, oh, "You got, it. boy, Sam." Benson and I bonded at a level where he allowed me to share with him the tricks of the trade. He worked the media better than any twenty-year-old I'd ever seen in my life.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: You know that. Media get you the highest man. Right. Yes. Writers get you the highest man. Yep. They vote people don't even understand. And they fell in love with him not only because of his talent, because of what he projected and how he carried himself, and it was deliberate and intentional.
0: Two such important words right there, deliberate and intentional. I, I love it. I love it again. Greg Harden is our guest. Well, you mentioned, you mentioned Charles Woodson, so Raider Nation's eyes and ears perked up in a major way. What can you tell us about Seawood?
3: Well, let me tell you simple. Let me keep it real easy and real simple. I've been around thousands of athletes. In sports, some of you can't even comprehend. <laughs> and since you, you ain't in Vegas and you used to be in Cali, you heard of water polo. It don't, I, I know them all, right? Right. The greatest athlete I have ever seen is Charles Whitton. How in the heck can a guy on defense look at you at halftime when you're behind uh, by 14 points and look at you and say, don't worry, G, we got this? I mean, wait a minute. This ain't basketball, right? <laughs> what right. you gonna do? Is go out and score twenty points? If he had to, he would. Charles Woodson could take over a football game on defense. Who can do that?
0: Right. <laughs> Think about it,
3: man. Right. He could decide. Well, I, I, uh, put me in on offense.
0: Right. He did.
3: He <laughs> sure did. Say, and the coach, and the coach say, "Okay." <laughs> <laughs> I, I, bruh, I'm telling you, he was a superior athlete, and he was driven, mm-hmm. and he was a he was a leader. His in his gut, he could lead you anywhere, and thank God he was on our side.
0: Right. I have no, man. I'm telling you, won the Heisman Trophy. Uh, obviously, uh, went on to win the Super Bowl with the Green Bay Packers. He's in the Hall of Fame. He was a great Raider. He's an ambassador. Uh, the guy has his own business. I mean, it's it's like everything he did, he did at the highest level. And, and again, put 100% of his, his efforts into everything he did.
3: Bruh, everything the boy touched turns to gold. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Nothing at all. Well, there's, and- s- go
3: ahead. No, and I was just thinking. I heard in in the prelude, you were talking about Tom Brady hanging out in Raider Nation. Yeah, Yeah. talk yep. about everything you touch turning to gold. Hello, right? <laughs> exactly. If, if he if he believes, hello, right? What else you need to know?
0: Exactly, and that's that's really kind of how I wanted to close things out is with with Tom Brady and him wanting to be a part of the you know minority ownership of the Raiders. And you know, a lot of people always wonder, well, why would he want to do that? He played for New England. Why would he want to do that? It doesn't really matter. But with his drive and his greatness and everything he's done in his life, isn't that just great to have around a team? Because it's gonna, you know, you're gonna want to be greatness. Greatness attracts other greatness.
3: Right. Uh, uh... TB went down to Tampa Bay, and he was talking to a young man who who was upset because he hadn't made the Pro Bowl. And he was whining and complaining to Tom Brady. And the guy reports that Tom Brady looked at him and said, Pro Bowl? <laughs> <laughs> he, said, he said, son, we going to the Super Bowl. <laughs> and he planted a seed in this young man that it he this this young man was frustrated because he was just dreaming of going to the Pro Bowl right. and he said, "No, you got to dream bigger than that, my brother." Right. <laughs> this is the first year he gets there. Now we think he, he he's trying to set him up for the second year when they should get a rhythm. No, he was serious as a heart attack. <laughs> he well, says, "I it. came here to win a Super Bowl."
0: Right. Exactly. And you
3: with me? And yeah. <laughs> buckle up. Buckle up, Raider Nation.
0: <laughs> there you go. There you go. Well, I'll tell you right now, uh, he went down there, and as you know, he won a Super Bowl the first year he was there. Well, Greg, this is fantastic, man. We can, we can talk about the book. I can't wait to deep dive into it. I just picked it up this morning. I just got, got it at the radio station this morning, so I'm excited about really deep diving into it. I encourage everyone to go check it out. I think, honestly, anyone could pick up your book and learn a lot from it, and, and I definitely appreciate your efforts, and just the conversation has been fantastic. So let everyone know where to get your book at.
3: Look, you can go on Amazon, you can go on Apple, you can go to Barnes & Noble. You can go anywhere that they sell books, and at a certain point, somebody's going to have it. But you can absolutely go straight online and pick up this book off of Amazon, Barnes & Noble. And
0: it'll come right to your house just like that. We know how easy it is to do it. Stay sane in an insane world, how to control the controllables, and thrive. Greg Harden is our guest. Greg, thanks you so much. It's been fantastic. We're going to have to do this again. We really will. I've enjoyed the conversation. I really appreciate you.
3: Hey, Q, keep doing what you're doing because you're doing it better than most. <laughs>
0: Thank you. Thank you, my man. I appreciate it. Great stuff right there. Fantastic. What a great conversation right there with Greg Harden and the book. I'm super excited just looking at just looking at the chapters, reading some of the the, the, the highlights from, from different people like a Desmond Howard, like a Jim Harbaugh, Tom Brady. Some of the titles, I mean, some of the chapters. What does success look like? That's chapter six. Who will answer? Chapter four right there. What makes them different? Chapter two. All questions that people ask all the time. And, and I'll tell you, you don't have to be a professional anything to really learn something from this book. And I really cannot wait to deep dive into Stay Sane in an Insane World. How to Control the Controllables and Thrive by Greg Harden, our guest here on Radio Nation Radio 920. 419 is the time when we come back. Josh Jacobs, he's back in the building with the silver and black. You'll hear from him next. It's Radio Nation Radio 920. This podcast version of Unnecessary Roughness on LVSportsNetwork.com is brought to you by Subs. Make sure you check out PortaSubs' six-foot party trays. They're perfect for game days. You'll get your choice of three made to order classic subs made with premium meats and cheese on your choice of fresh baked bread, loaded with fresh veggies, toppings, and sauces. Game Day 6 foot trays serve 12 to 16 people so you can sit back and enjoy the game. Available at all Las Vegas area Porta subs, neighborhood sandwich shops, order ahead at portasubs.com.
2: You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio.
0: Just got a tweet from Lil Al Davis on Twitter. That was a great conversation. Interview with the real Greg Harden by your boy Q. Buying the book now. Great work. So there you go. That that was really fun. That was exciting. That was uh, inspirational. He said a lot of things that I don't think it's like earth shattering or breaking any big news, but sometimes you just need to hear it. Right? Sometimes you need to hear, you know, worry about the controllables. Co- you know, worry about controlling what you can control. And I know it sounds, like, silly, but a lot of times we don't. We stress out of stuff that we can't. I, I'm guilty of it all the time. Stress out about stuff that I have no control over. And there's no reason for it. I think that, man, that, uh, that, was, that was a fun conversation. <laughs> and I was telling Ari to, to take it back, peel back the curtain a little bit. I was telling Ari in the commercial break, I was like, Man, he knew more about me than I knew about me. <laughs> when he said, and this is no joke, Raider Nation, when he said you're a kid that started in the barbershop and now you're here, that is no joke. That is no. It started in Hayward, California. I, I can tell you right now. Hayward, California, Gums Barbershop. Me and my boy Corey would go in there and get our haircut all the time. That's where I'd run into Ricky Dudley, Eric Allen, right? I mean, all, all these Seawood would be there every once in a while. Like All these different Raider players would be in the barbershop. He comes barbershop in Hayward. And we would chop it up and we would start getting after it. And I really felt like I had a little something, something that I can, you know, I can hold my own. And so when he said that, it was no joke. I only saw it around when he said it, when he said that, you know, I, I started out in the barbershop, I started thinking of the barbershop I go to now in the cut in Henderson. I I, I thought about that. And I was like, wait, does Greg go to my barbershop? Yeah. You know, like, does he go to the barbershop, too? I'm, like, thinking around. I'm looking, I'm looking at his picture, and I was like, I don't remember. I don't remember in the barbershop. But that just lets you know that if you want to do your homework, you want to do your research, you want to know, get to know pretty much anybody you can, you just got to put in the work. Clearly, Greg has put in the work, and that's why he's where he's at. So, again, I really encourage everyone to check out this book. I get a lot of books in the mail. I have a lot of books on my shelf here in the home studio, Studio Q this is one that won't stay on the shelf very long. This is one that I'm going to deep dive in, and when I get the opportunity to start my national show on ESPN, don't be shocked if you find out that Greg Harden is a guest on that show as well. That's how much I enjoyed that conversation. Another conversation that I would love to have that I wasn't part of was running back Josh Jacobs. He met with the media by way of Zoom. It wasn't on the normal the normal stream, and so it kind of threw me off earlier when I was telling Ari, you know, Josh Jacobs is talking today. He's like, I don't see it. I don't see it. But – We did get it. Uh, Our good guy, Vinny Bonsignor, he sent that over because Vinny's on the morning tailgate, uh, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. with Clay Baker and Lindsey Brown, so definitely check them out. But he sent it over, did a a fantastic job, definitely appreciate him. And the whole conversation started off with Josh Jacobs talking about getting jersey number eight its significance and what it means to him.
4: Yeah, man, I mean, obviously I I wanted to get it uh, last year, but uh, they wanted to charge me 3.5 for it, so I was like, yeah, I'm not going to do that. Um, But... Man, I mean, just all my life, that's the number. You know, I've always worn. Um, you know, it's just the number. I feel like it brings out something different in me. Um, you know, even in college, I feel like I took that leap in that number. So, I mean, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be fun to you know see what I could do with it. And um, you know, try to try to make it a staple. Out of curiosity, is there any like special attachment as to why you chose eight even back then? Honestly, uh, not really, man. I mean, just growing up. That was always just a number. That I feel like just always come. Um, I remember like when I was in little league, I had got my jersey stole, <laughs> and I had like a like a thirty number, and I was like, man, nah, like I don't know, just something that eight just make me feel like you know a superhero for real. Hey Josh, obviously this this off season was your first time as a player, you know, being in a position to negotiate um, your contract. Um, just from your vantage point, how do you feel like that process went, and ultimately why did you decide
1: to? come
4: back here with the raiders Um uh, I think I mean I think it, it it went pretty good. I mean, uh for both parties honestly, um you know, one of the hardest things in football to do, man, is is watch, you know what I'm saying? Or well, at least for for a guy like me. Um and so I, I was I was itching to get back, man, so just to be able to come and you know, make it make sense for for both parties, um it was, it was definitely huge. Josh uh... Derrick Henry uh helped put together you the know, that that uh running back group text just how how did he guide you along in the process? And just as a as a fellow running back, what do you take away just from his his uh, running skills too? Uh, I mean, I don't feel like he really guided me. Uh, just to be honest, um, you know, I kind of already had my you know understanding of of what it is and and what it wasn't and how everything was going. Um, but I also understood uh, my value, um, and that was just the the main thing for me was just sticking to, you know, believing in myself and and things like that. Um, but man, just Derek, man, just since the day I met him, you know, even in college when he used to come back and, and train, um, and you know, you hear all these stories about him at Bama. You know, after having big games, he used to go in and you know, squat and stuff after the games and stuff like that. Like, he always just, you know, was a was a different breed of uh, of a player. And um, just to see how he is now, man, still, you know, sustaining his success and um, you know, going out there and you know, being a guy really for his team uh, for this long. I mean, it's just it's just something that you know. I want to do, you know, here with the Raiders, just to be able to be the guy and um, sustain it for a long period of time. Uh, Josh,
1: what what do you think was the most difficult time uh, for you being away? Was it just being away on a daily basis from the team, or what 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 what, what hurt the most in terms of being difficult of staying away?
4: Uh, really, man. Honestly, if I'm, if I'm to be honest, man, I don't think staying away was like. Only thing that's bad, obviously, is you wanna you wanna grind with your guys, you know, especially knowing that it's a lot of new guys coming in you know, you want the guys to, you know, uh, know who you are and, uh respect what you do, respect your work. Um, and that was just the biggest thing, you know, uh, not being able to have that camaraderie. Um, but I wouldn't say it was just all negative, you know, uh, being at home allowed me to, you know, spend a lot more time with my kids and, um, you know, help my dad, you know, uh, do his diet plans and get in shape and things like that. So, I mean, it was pros and cons on both sides, but, at the end of the day, you know, I want to play football. I wanted to be here with the guys, and um, so I'm just glad it worked out. Hey, Josh, you talked about it. You know, you were itching to get back. How did it
2: feel to, to get out there and kind of scratch that itch today? And then, how do yeah. you feel physically in terms of just what? What do you think the plan is for you ramping up and getting ready for that opener? What, how many carries
4: do you want, and how many carries do you think you could touches you could get in that opener? No, physically, I ain't missing steps, so I, I, I can I definitely can say that. Uh, the biggest thing that for me really was coming back and um, mentally. You know, just with the playbook and everything, with the new plays and all of that, I didn't want to be behind. Um, but when I came in, man, today, I didn't have no errors. So, I mean, I came in today and I was like, oh yeah, I remember this, I remember this. Uh, so now was just about stacking days. So, to me, man, I mean, we came up with a, you know, a workout plan to do, uh, over the course of while I wasn't here, I mean, when I wasn't here and stuff like that. And, um, I mean, I came in and it didn't feel like I missed it still.
2: Hey, Josh, I wanted to ask you about how you spent your time away. And then especially I remember last year, you credited a lot of how well the season went to your off-season program and kind of switching up some things. Did you do it similarly this year? Make some differences? What was that like?
4: Oh, yeah, man. I mean, ever since last year, I, I, I found out what worked for me last year. Um, so it made this year a lot easier, honestly. um, You know, I still have a full-time shift. And, all of that type of things, um, you know. Just like I said, we came up with a workout plan, and I just stuck to it. I mean, it was easier too, honestly, because I was just working out at home, you know, with the high school guys uh, back at my old high school, and you know, just being able to mentor them and be around them, and uh, you know, show them how what it takes, you know, what I'm saying, to get to the next level. I think that was just it was just a fun experience, honestly. Josh, I know you had a a similar situation last year where you were kind of going into a a one-year situation and then expecting to enter free agency after. What did you learn from last season just in terms of compartmentalizing and kind of putting the future aside and just focusing on the present and and, and the job at hand? I mean, you hear it all the time, but, like, literally you just bet on yourself, man. I feel like, man, I say it all the time, but I I truly believe in it. You just come in and, you know, you work. And you, you do what you're supposed to every day and work every day and everything else to take care of itself yeah. however it plays out, you know what I'm saying? So that's just what I believe, man. I mean, come in and work every day and everything else to take care of yourself. Josh, after a career season for you, one of the best in Raider history, what's coming up for the Encore, man? I mean, it seemed like you had a chip on your shoulder last year. Is it still there for you? Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, like I said, at the end of the year, I feel like it was a lot that I still left on the field. I know that's kind of hard to say with the, with the year I had, but – it was a lot I definitely left on the field. And, I mean, just, just to come back and see, you know, the O-line another year in the system and seeing how much of an improvement they have uh, have made since I came back, man, it's been crazy. It just got me re honestly. Josh, uh, I think in professional sports, one way or another, you're going to learn that this is a business, right? And uh, players have to go through that all the time. How do you kind of separate, you know, the the business from from the professional and and the personal? And you feel like the Raiders did an okay job uh, in making this all kind of about business and understanding that there were no hard feelings or anything like that involved in the negotiations. I mean, we here. I mean, I feel like, you know, we made it happen. So it ain't no hard feelings now. I mean, I feel like, like I said, we made it happen. So it's a clean slate with me. It was never like really just like, you know, no hate on each side. I understood it. But at the same time, I understood my value too. So. It was just about meeting in the middle. Josh, I know uh, one of the things you've talked about, and other running backs have talked about, is just the, the position in general and finding better ways to get compensated and compensated fairly and more early in their career. I mean, is that something that you're still going to work on? And what do you think can possibly be done? Yeah, man. I mean, I understand the position, in the market, like, and, and things like that. But you know, everybody is. I don't feel like everybody is is you know included in that in that category. I mean, I feel like it's five guys that's like. The guys for their teams and that you got to like, you know, uh figure it out, figure it out for, you know, both parties. And um so for me, man, it's just about coming in and, you know, making plays and showing the versatility and showing that what I bring to the team and, um, you know, allowing allowing the, the community and, you know, the team to see that and just hoping for the best really. Uh, Josh, we spoke with Samir and with Brandon. They said that they kept in touch with you, you with them. Uh, but what about the new guys on the team? What have you seen from them? Uh, there's a lot of weapons that uh, the ball's going to be shared with with you and with them. What do you think about them? Yeah, man, so I, I kept in contact with a lot of the guys. Uh, you know, we in group chats and all of them things, so that wasn't that bad. Um, but, you know, seeing a lot of the new guys uh, – Even since the draft, you know, I was watching some of the guys even coming out um, from college, just watching their highlights and, you know, watching the preseason games and um, seeing, you know, a lot of these guys come in. They got a lot of talent. And um, I was just like, man, I couldn't wait to get in and, you know, be able to see it for myself, um, be able to see, you know, the work ethic, let them uh, see my work ethic and try to put it together. Last one, Vinny. Last question. Josh, I know that that's going to take time, um, you know. Uh, but, but from afar, far, from your vantage point, seeing some of the moves that the Raiders made, uh, not just offensively but defensively the, through yeah. the draft and free agency, um, uh, what did you like about what they did? And, and you know, in, at first glimpse today, uh, uh, did you see some differences uh, between this year and last year? Oh uh, yeah, man, we got a lot faster. I definitely seen that. Uh, we definitely got a lot faster. Uh, we got a lot of guys that you know love the game um and you we got a lot of guys with with high IQs. Um and that's just the first thing I've noticed. Um I, I think I seen F make a play today. I was like, damn he he got from one side of the field to the other and you know, made a play that we thought was a touchdown. So I mean just to be able to see that and you know, obviously, you know, Max being uh the leader that he is on that defense to see him take a take another lead. I mean it's it's just been crazy to me. Uh it has got me really is um excited for the season.
0: Josh Jacobs right there a little earlier at the Intermountain Health Performance Center. Uh, just good to hear from, from RB1, right? Really good to hear from him. It's, here, it's good to hear that he's excited about the roster. That was something that he pointed out right around the Pro Bowl time uh, that he wanted to see and around the Super Bowl time, wanted to see the roster improved. Uh, you heard him right there at the end talk about the speed that the team has now, and that's something that we talked about quite a bit. They have more speed than they had a year ago. Uh, there's more talent than they had a year ago, regardless of the names. But uh, it's, it's, I, I like to hear you know what he was saying that he was doing. Right, He was watching the preseason games. He was working out. He was checking out the guys when the draft was going on. So he was, he was locked in. He just wasn't around the team because he had to take care of business. They had to get the business side of th- things done. But to know that it wasn't like, well, forget that team. I'm just going to go out and do my own thing and do whatever I want. I don't care what they got going on right now until they pay me my money. That wasn't the case. And that, to me, is refreshing. That, to me, is a sign of a dude who really, like he said, I just want to play football. I want to be out here playing football. Of course, as he mentioned, he enjoys spending time with his kids and helping out his pops with the, you know, the diet plan and everything and making sure he's right. But you want to talk about a dude that's focused and, and, and knows what, what it takes to, to get it done. That's Josh Jacobs, man. So glad that all the business got taken care of. Uh, he sounds like he's happy. Sounds like he's ready to go. You heard him talk about he's in, in great shape. He didn't miss anything, right? And, uh, and, and he, he knows the playbook, and, and he didn't mess up anything at practice today. Uh, all good signs. I don't know if that means he's going to carry the rock 30 times against Denver, but it, it, it lets me know that he's going to have a, a, a pretty heavy workload. He's going to do everything he can to be out there and be that bell cow for the silver and black just like he was a year ago. Really, really exciting to hear that from one Josh Jacobs. Got a couple texts, and then we'll take a quick break, come back with reason or excuse. Rob out in uh, Hemet, California said, Q, any word on big Dalton Wagner? Was he picked up by someone else? I was holding out hope that we continue to develop him. Keep up the hard work. Q and Ari love the show. And, no, Rob, he's on IR. He's done for the year. I actually asked uh, Coach McDaniels about Dalton Wagner earlier today and, you know, just the competition at the offensive line and then having to to release him. Matter of fact, Ari, I think that we have – do we have that sound bite? We might have that sound bite. I don't know. See if you can locate it. It's the one about the offensive line, and it talks about Dalton Wagner as well. But, yeah, unfortunately, he was the guy that was competing. You could tell that Josh McDaniels was a little disappointed because, I mean, he, he called him by his nickname, Wags, and he was like, well, he'll be ready. He'll be ready to come back, uh, you know, hopefully next year, and he'll he'll work out and practice as much as he can. Uh, but, yeah, so I don't, I don't know if we have it or not. Uh, I could tell you what it is real quick, Ari, if you want, but you know, there's that hat. Uh, matter of fact, you keep looking. I'll, I'll go to the next text and Rob, if we get a chance, we'll go back to the soundbite. If Ari could find it, uh, D. Mark in Jersey hit us up and said, as far as the 53 goes, I'm okay with it. Still rather have Shelly and Dorsett than Wilkerson can't have enough team speed. Still would like an upgrade in our linebacking room. That could be a weakness as D Mark in Jersey. And as far as Dorsett goes, I, I, I liked him, but if you see what he's done the last couple years, it hasn't been a whole lot. And I think, I think that with with DeAndre Carter and Trey Tucker, it's it's just too much of the same thing, right? Especially when DeAndre Carter and Trey Tucker they provide special teams as well, where Philip Dorsett doesn't. So I, I don't think that I think that that made sense why they moved on from Philip Dorsett. And uh, you know, again, he has moments where he flashes, but he hasn't really been that guy. He does have speed, like you're right, but. I think that they wanted to have a little bit of variety in that wide receiver room, and Wilkerson plays special teams as well—not um, only return, but but kick coverage. He does really good in that. So I think that that's something. And the linebacking room, I, I do still look at it as well, as there'd be it'd be pretty cool to have. Uh, it'd be pretty cool to have one one more guy. In that room. So, thanks so much uh, for that. I do appreciate you. Look, we'll take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll let you hear from Coach McDaniels on Dalton Wagner, and then we'll get into reason or excuse as we close out the show. It's Radio, 920.
2: It's time for Reason or Excuse on Unnecessary Roughness.
0: And we're going to get to Reason or Excuse in a hot minute, but before. We do that. We had a text from Rob on the don'tbebroke.com text line asking about Dalton Wagner. And I knew we had the sound bite. I just had it labeled something else because I asked kind of a two part question earlier today to Coach McDaniel. So here he is talking about the offensive line evaluation as a whole and then also putting Dalton Wagner on
1: IR. The offensive line was very similar to the defensive line. There was a lot of guys uh, that we were, um, you know, we were playing a lot of football in the preseason to try to really get a good evaluation of them. Thought the joint practices really helped us, you know, try to figure out exactly what the right, you know, concoction of those guys was going to be here. Um, you know, we're able to get, um, you know, a couple of these guys. I think we're headed on headed towards getting a couple of these guys back to our practice squad, which is good. And then Wags, you know, um, I thought he was really competitive. Um, just, you know, he he he's been dealing with something that, you know, finally kind of looks like you know we needed to address it, which we did, and um you know but you know he'll he'll eventually be back and working you know working out and doing all the things he needs to do here while he's able to be in the meetings which is good and you know hopefully get himself ready for another year next year
0: so there you go head coach Joshua daniels talking about the offensive line and what happened to wags as he called him dalton wagner dealing with something that you know at that point they just said hey we got to get it fixed we got to get it taken care of and i know coming out of arkansas he had some some, you know, uh, back concerns, some injury concerns as well. So uh, there's something to monitor. But I think that, I mean, he's a big monster out there, him and McClendon Curtis. And so I do think that they would like to have those guys as the future as far as the guards position go, guard and tackle there. But they've got to be healthy and they got to be able to go. So we'll see. But, uh, Rob, thanks so much for that text. I do appreciate you. Now, Ari, go ahead and take it away. I know we don't have a lot of time left, but go ahead and take it away yeah. with reason or excuse. Plenty
2: of time. Here we go. Uh, this is from the other day, but it needs to be addressed. Uh-oh, okay. The Cardinals wave because it's a hot story. We don't seem to have resolution. The Cardinals wave veteran quarterback Colt McCoy. Yep. Quarterback room is not looking good to begin with, but they went ahead with this move, and here it is. Because they're definitely gearing up to tank the whole season, or is Colt McCoy just so bad, and they just want to clear up some cap space? So I, I will let you answer that if it is, in fact, tanking.
0: I mean... It is, and I, I said that the other day to Ari Mayrov when we had him on, and he said, "Well, I don't think that anyone's really actively tanking, tanking." But, and this is always a a, a conversation that you know fans and and media and others have. It's really, there the front office has not put him in the position to be very competitive this year. So you call it whatever you want to call it, right? But Colt McCoy, I mean, he's not a guy that was going to go win ten games for him anyway. They did trade for Josh Dobbs. Again, it's Josh Dobbs. They have Clayton Tune on the roster, rookie out of Houston. So okay, but there's no DeAndre Hopkins, right? They traded off some of their other other players. Isaiah Simmons is gone. Uh, there's other you know players that they look at that they'll probably move on from at some point. Buda Baker may become available at some point, or, or maybe they try to build around them. But I mean, yeah, they're they're not trying their hardest to win, and I don't think they'd have a problem. With uh, getting one of the early picks, especially since they have Houston's pick as well. So if Houston happens to be as bad as most people think they're going to be, then they can have two early round picks. And I could definitely see them. I really believe they're going to end up with uh, Caleb Williams and try to trade and move on from Kyler Murray. There you go. So all that to say, <laughs> yeah, that's a uh, there, there's there. That's their reasoning for what they're doing. I mean, it's it's all excuses just to be bad and get that number one pick. But that's their reasoning that they're doing it.
2: I think so. All right. In a recent radio interview, everyone's favorite, Bill Belichick said, Teams that Overspend cannot sustain long-term success, and it'll come back to bite them. He says the Rams and the Bucks are currently dealing with the consequences of overspending. Yes, that's right. Super Bowl winners. Uh, and, quote, You can't sustain the 20 years of success that we sustained over by overspending every year without having to eventually pay those bills and play with a lesser team. Reason or excuse?
0: Um. Hmm. I think it's a good. I think it's a good reason that he's talking about because I I do believe that the theory is not to spend a whole lot of money and really just be able to fill a hole here and there in free agency and and really draft and develop and that's what Dave Ziegler you can see is trying to do with the Raiders and they obviously have some ways to go but with that being said there was a time and I haven't looked lately that. New England was always up against the salary cap. They always had to find room at the end of the day uh, and, may, and create some space. You know, the Saints, they do it every single year, but look at the Saints. So, I mean, to a certain extent, he's right. But I, I, never, I never believed that going out and trying to field a team full of just free agents was going to get you a winning product. And it's not sustainable at all because there's a reason why these guys become free agents. Right? They're, most of them, they're at the end of the road, they're at the end of their contract, so you can get a guy to you know come in and, like I said, fill a void here and there. But for the most part, uh, in in football, it's really hard to go ahead and, and buy the dream team like the Eagles did years ago, and it never really worked out when they had Vince Young and Namdi and a whole bunch of other players that they had signed to uh, free agent deals, and it just never worked out there. So I, I think it's a reasonable reason. I like it.
2: All right. It, even if it came from someone else, by the way, it has nothing to do with it being Bill Belichick. Yeah. yeah. All right. No, All right. that's fine. Yeah. That, that, that to me, speaks volumes Who who's saying it, honestly. So I, I believe the guy. He's, he's got some some things in his mind. I mean, he's, he's, he's earned the right, right to mind. say that, right? All right. All right. So this is a little off football. This is more of a personal thing, and I just want some opinions here. Okay. Uh, remember last week with the hurricane supposedly yep. on the way? So I wanted to check in a friend who lives in Cali. And he responded that he and his girlfriend were doing just fine, sent me a picture of them hanging in the city. I haven't seen this guy in years. We're good friends, but it's just been forever. He's out there. I'm, you know, doing my thing here. It yeah. is what it is. Yeah. So I only met his girlfriend once a long Uh-oh. time ago. Very nice girl. And then it's really just I've seen a bunch of pics since then. You know, Yeah, we're out here. We're doing this, whatever. So my response to that text was, good to hear. Y'all look great. And then I happened to see a post from him the other day and then kind of searched a little to make sure I wasn't crazy. He has a whole different girlfriend now. She just happens to be the same height, weight, build, ethnicity and everything. So I am asking from a personal standpoint, I'm actually not a bad friend. I'm not a bad friend. It's just how else could I possibly know that this was not the original girlfriend in the picture? Is that a reason or an excuse?
0: No, that's a good, that's a valid reason. Uh, you ain't supposed to know and and maybe I don't know the guy personally, so maybe he's a rolling stone. Maybe <laughs> maybe that's how he gets down anyway. No
2: not really. It was just more of those it's one of those things where I just totally spam no, I, mean, I just thought know. it was funny. I'm like, Yeah, hey, you guys look great. Everything's great.
0: Yeah, I mean look, he's clearly got a type and clearly it's close to the same person that you saw and you said you hadn't seen him in a long time or whatever and so how are you supposed to know all right so, so well, he's uh, a, yeah you think about it too much Nah, it's all good it, it's
2: also i mean more in fun it's also because he's the type to kind of he's kind of a smart alec you know and i could see him being like really man is that what you thought so i just now i'm gonna hit him with the uh, the radio uh everyone on the radio thinks you're wrong so
0: oh yeah. did he say anything
2: not yet but i i, I suspect this is pretty recently so i've just i've got to waiting for it to be you know be like by the way that wasn't
0: her so. Well, then what he needs to do is go on and get someone that looks different. You know? Yeah. Tell, tell him. Diversify or Or tell him little. to stick with whoever he was with when he sent you the first picture. Stop taking so many damn pictures <laughs> with so many damn females. That's
2: got a part of how it. About, like, how about she was, that? She was cool. I don't know what happened. So, yeah, there you go. There you go. Reason or excuse. Now on to Q's favorite, favorite thing in the world. Uh oh. Today is National Day. <laughs> Today's day is National Toasted Marshmallow Day.
0: What the hell is a toasted marshmallow? Is that when you, like, have a fire pit, and you go and put it in the fire pit, like make a s'mores?
2: It's uh,
0: I don't it, like marshmallows, so I'm out already.
2: Exactly. I remember this. It, I, I was, I'm expecting your answer to be 100% the same as it was for National S'mores Days, which was like, yes. I don't want to make a big old mess. Where yeah. is there a fire? Where is there sticks? Yeah. So, yes, today you get your friends, gather up some firewood, a few long sticks, and a bag of marshmallows, and have the makings of a great night ahead of you.
0: Nah, no, I'm good. Another I'm, winner I'm for out you. On, I'm out on marshmallows, <laughs> man. I'm not a marshmallow guy. I don't like I don't like those at all. I think the only time marshmallows are good are when they're the little uh processed ones. They're the ones that are in like uh, the packet of hot chocolate.
2: A little mini Oh wow. And yep.
0: and they're, you know, I mean like they're, Freeze they're dried or freeze-dried or
2: <laughs> Great taste you have. Uh yeah. <laughs>
0: Some cheap stuff. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's that's the only ones that are good. I'm not I'm just not a marshmallow guy. I think that they're gross. So yeah, I don't I don't want anything to do with this. So I'm, I'm out on marshmallow day. You can go have all the marshmallows you want. And right, I'm on it. Go throw you to know, throw a bunch of cotton in your mouth. I guess I'm good. I'm out. No thanks. <laughs> That's gonna do it. We'll be back tomorrow, same time, two to five on Red Nation Radio, nine twenty. Have a good one. And thank you so much for listening to the podcast version of Unnecessary Roughness here on LVSportsNetwork.com. Brought to you by Porta Subs.